This is the LarryInFishers.com podcast. I'm Larry Lannon, continuing my series of podcasts with candidates for the Fishers City Council. I'm with Jocelyn Vare today. She's completing her first four-year term as an at-large city council member. She's owner of a local marketing firm, Propeller. Uh, she's act has been active in uh, supporting nonprofit groups before and and after she was elected to the city council. So, Jocelyn, welcome. It's good to have you back. Thanks for having me, Larry. And I want to welcome once again Mike Fossil, a retired teacher at Fisher's Junior High School, and has sponsored a number of We the People teams there, and they have won several national championships. He's now retired, but it's welcome. We welcome Mike as well. Thank you. And let's get we'll just we'll uh, start t- with the questioning here. Every elected official obviously has to decide whether to serve another term in office. You're wrapping up your first term. Um, What led to your decision to run again? Mm, That's a good question. It was not a question, though. I knew for sure that I wanted to keep going. Um, I, I felt like my unique voice on the city council was important. And um, frankly, the um, hopes that I had to improve our city government haven't fully come to fruition yet, so there's still work to do. Well, you ran unsuccessfully mm-hmm. for the Indiana State Senate last year, and you were subjected to a number of attack ads by your opponent. You're experiencing the same thing now in your reelection campaign for the city council. Talk about how our political discourse has changed in recent years and how you answer some of the attacks that have been leveled against you in those ads. Yeah. um, Thank you for bringing that up because I think that's one of the hardest parts of being in the public and trying to be a public servant. Um, I don't think there's any question that I'm one of those individuals that have had a slew of attack ads against me. Um, Each one of them have made me stronger. Your questions, how do we respond to that? My answer is sometimes I don't. Sometimes it's not worth at all responding to. If it is a lie, and many of them are, I I don't respond. Um, I feel very strongly my job is to share the truth and make sure our citizens are informed. I think also I kind of take that in when there is a lot of money being invested in it. I think when I am the subject to attacks like that, that tells me I'm doing something right. That tells me that the opposition, for whatever reason, really wants to see me squashed, and that means I need to be stronger. Next question for Mike Fossil. Uh, and I want to jump back a little bit. Um, as a government teacher, civics mm-hmm. person, I always believe that that people that go into any sort of legislative type job, legislature, city council, doesn't matter. <clears throat> there has to be a catalyst moment that that in their lives where they said, I no longer want to be a viewer of the action. I want to I want to be the actor on the stage. What was your moment that said, I need to be more involved? Yeah, that's a great question for Thanks. me. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Um, And for me, it's a good answer because I had a moment like that. And that was the beginning, the first announcement of the Nickel Plate Trail. When the announcement was made by the mayor, Larry, what year was that? Oh, my goodness. I'm not sure. Uh, 2015? 
maybe 2016 um in that, that zone in yeah. that zone um check larryannfishers.com for that exact <laughs> date but um that was the moment where the mayor stepped forward in this big big showy announcement saying the the nickel plate train railroad um fair train as most of us experienced it would be no longer and the tracks would be torn up and a sidewalk a trail would be created instead. Now, I, I know about community development. Trails are a big asset. There's no doubt about that. It's nice to have trails. But it's not nice to take an amenity that people, that was beloved in our community, and just make a statement saying we are making a big, dramatic, never able to go back decision for our community without getting significant community input, frankly, without asking the community for permission. That's what triggered me to say, wait a minute, something's off here. The community should be leading these decisions, not the top down. So that's what brought me here to you. I want to move to to something that's just happened, Uh, standard and poor uh, the rating agency has downgraded the city's credit rating. One of their analysts uh, citing the city's, quoting here, growing debt burden and high fixed costs, and I'll end the quote there. Uh, the city has been quite aggressive with uh, construction projects. Uh, not far from this library where we're recording this at the Hamilton East Library in downtown Fishers, there's a new City Hall Art Center that's under construction. Uh, there is uh, a new arena or an event center under construction. And there's a community center, which will soon uh, begin under construction. And that has certainly uh, had an impact on the debt that the city has. Uh, the mayor has said that this downgrade was expected. Uh, what, what is your view on this? I had no idea. So I did send a, the mayor a note this morning I learned of this downgrade with your reporting, so thank you. I am a member of the City Finance Committee. That is the committee that advises the City Council, and the City Council's responsibility is fiscal oversight. Something is wrong here if we have had a debt um, rating downgrade, and I I don't know anything about it. I didn't see it coming. I have no information. I was hoping you would not ask about it. I have no information about that. But I can say we have done some amazing projects in the city of Fishers, but all of them has debt associated with it. All of it comes with a price, of course, of course. Um, What struck me when I dug, and I do a lot of homework into our city's finances, Sometimes I think not nearly enough because it's intricate. But taking a deep dive, um, and I have my notes in front of me, when the mayor presented the 2022 budget, our city's total debt outstanding was over $400 million, $400 million two years ago. Recently, when he proposed the 2024 budget, our total city debt was $788 million, not quite double. But in two years, ooh, that's a big, substantial change. And again, as a member of the Finance Committee, even though I've asked for this information, I'm like, this should be a number one thing that we are studying, we are careful about. Um, it feels like oversight, accountability um, is lacking here. That's why I want to serve on city council to help with that. We have to correct that. And that doesn't, I will, one last note, it doesn't mean 
the debt is um, wrong per se. It's just I can't justify it to a citizen. That's what the problem is. I, I want to go in a slightly different direction. A couple of years ago, I read a book uh, called The Big Sort, which basically looked at isolation inside of suburban communities, how people live very close together, but like they don't know each other, mm-hmm. like they don't even know their n- neighbors' names. And then uh, in the spring, uh, the mayor had uh, tweeted out this results of a poll that showed that community involvement in the, like the last eight years had the importance of it had gone like from 67% down to the like mid twenties. And so that's, that's concerning to someone like me who has dedicated life in the civics and the study of government. Uh, what do you think needs to be done to like reinitialize people into this idea that being involved in the community is important? Oh, I love that. And I think that is crucial. That's one of the obstacles that I think our growing community is facing right now. Um, I think there should be a lot of solutions. I think part of it, just overall big picture, just the culture of our community needs to be more open and inviting, inclusive and welcoming. I've said before, we can't be smart, vibrant and entrepreneurial if we're not open, inclusive and welcoming. That's a culture shift that it feels like we have kind of swung into a more negative, more exclusive, closed-off community. So uh, that's a culture issue. I'm not sure if I can fix that today Mm -hmm. with you guys today sitting at this table. But um, one of the things, for my job, I visit and work with communities across the state, all in Indiana, big and little. One of the things that I'm struck with, I was just in Columbus, Indiana, just uh, Monday, The citizen community engagement in that community is a beautiful thing. It is diverse, but um, I I would characterize it as um, opportunities for the community to engage with each other, for, for neighbors to engage with neighbors, come from neighbors, come from citizens. It does not come from city-sponsored events. It comes from ideas. Um, A few years ago, back in Columbus, Indiana, it was the idea of the community to have a pride celebration. That does not come from city government. That came from the people who wanted to celebrate their neighbors. So um, for me, when I look at some solutions, it's empowering, encouraging, welcoming our citizens to create opportunities for neighbors to interact with neighbors. That's a big lift. Sometimes that fails. Sometimes that doesn't work out great all the time, but sometimes it's magic. And that is one of the reasons our neighbors possibly miss the Fisher's Freedom Festival because it was generated, it was created, it was of the heart of neighbors, sharing opportunities and fun and good food um, with neighbors. Let me move to this because uh, Fishers, I've lived here for 32 years. Uh, when I first moved here, I think the population was, population was under 10,000 at that time. Right now, uh, the last census in 2020 shows uh, the city at just under 100,000, probably more than that now. With that growth has come added diversity in our community. How would you describe the state of race relations in the city of Fishers? We know that one of every three HSE students is a student of color who 
probably come from a household that is of color. It is important for our community to not only recognize that, but embrace that. And you're asking specifically about race relations, but overall diversity, I would also point to we have different types of homes with different languages. We have single parent homes. We have multi-generational homes. We have um, all, uh, what do you call it, life stages. Um, so many um, just uh, definitions of diversity in our community. Your question is, how would I characterize it right now? Um, I would say, bluntly, it's not good. It is not good. And um, that is from my perspective, which is not indicative of everyone's. But I do think um, not only last week having our school board resign Dr. Stokes, um, I'm sure you might have seen one of our neighbors um, spoke very passionately about how that she felt that that um, was a pain in her personal heart, but also a difficulty of reflection of our community, and that um, we need to listen to voices like that. Um, but I will say there are these glimmers of hope that we have to cultivate and encourage. Um, last week, in addition to um, that episode that happened in our community, we also had a candidate forum at Al Huda Foundation. Al Huda is the largest Muslim community in the entire state, right here in Fishers, Indiana. And um, the out um, the uh, participation from candidates from both sides of the aisle was tremendous. I think almost every candidate was there. It was a great discussion, great bipartisan dialogue, very informative, all about like getting citizens out to vote. So I'm encouraged, but I think... I would conclude by saying because of our growing community, because of the diversity of our community, we have a responsibility to our neighbors to make sure everyone feels included. Fishers is for everyone, but it doesn't come easy. We have to work at it. Yeah. For the, I've also lived here for over 30 years now. Um, we started out as a very small community. I think when I got here, about 7,000, give or take. Um, but we still – we've grown into this large city now, 100,000, but we still have some leftovers. We have unincorporated areas inside of Fishers that make it difficult to have traffic, walking and bike traffic, across some pretty big thoroughfares, you know, from Allisonville on 126th Street, Promise Road, mm -hmm. 136th Street. You know, and that's not just all of them. What are your thoughts about somehow – incorporating through all of the thoroughfares that there is a sidewalk or a bike path for our kids to be able to ride on. And, you know, part of it is, as I'm a school teacher, bothers me to watch kids cross onto the road on Promise Road as they go down yes. to Fisher's High School. Right. You know, and I understand the difficulties it is to deal with unincorporated areas, but what are your thoughts on kind of like how are we going to get there so that our kids are always on a sidewalk? Yes. So this is a top priority. It's one of the top things that I hear from citizens all the time. It's pedestrians, it's bicyclists, it's safety, it's um, families with stroll, you know, pushing strollers, it's um, persons with mobile disabilities that just want to get from one place to another. And um, there have been 
um, the statement saying that moving on a sidewalk or lack thereof sometimes in our city can be hostile even, right? Um, and our concern, of course, is that we'll have a tragedy, and that would be awful. This is going to take some hard work and a priority. Um, you are absolutely right, Mr. Fossil. The unincorporated areas um, make it difficult for us. Um, some folks in the community call that our Swiss cheese mm-hmm. landscape, right? Um, I am not sure of the pathway to that, but it does need to be a priority for all of our citizens. Um and um, I'm grateful that in the current 2024 budget proposal from the mayor, he is making connectivity trails a top priority. And I think at this point in our community, that's not a nice to have amenity. That is a need to have. That's a need to have. We want people to move around our community safely and also outside of a car without mm-hmm. the requirement of a car. So top priority. The city has been very aggressive for a long time in pursuing economic development deals. But there's been a lot of media coverage lately. I've been reading a lot of uh, state and national news stories that have been expressing the fact that corporations are becoming much more aggressive in demanding incentives from both state and, and local governments. With that in mind, how is Fisher's positioned to compete in that kind of environment? Well, we have a great community, despite I know we've been talking about some of our pain points or some of our challenges. We have a great community, and especially in Indiana, we're a shining star. There's no doubt about it. So we are competitive. Um, For me, I would definitely recommend I like a 10,000 foot view. And we know there's been some seismic shifts in economic development, like traditional economic development practices, which um, has simply been attract a company, give them a lot of incentives to win and bring that company here. They bring with it jobs. And um, that is a spark that helps generate the community. Love it except it doesn't really work that way anymore. It doesn't work that way anymore. For one, we have a lot of these companies that have remote workers. They don't, they're bringing jobs, but not necessarily new residents to our community. And that's a a very important distinction. Um, In addition to that, for a community like us, we have a housing shortage. So even if if a corporation came to our community with jobs, um, I'm not sure if new workers can find a home here in Fishers. They might have to live in Madison County or Marion County instead. So um, I think we are ready for a good, hard look at how we approach economic development. And I think incentives, even though um, you can't blame a corporation for wanting to be incentivized and tax breaks and all that good stuff, you can't blame them. But I think we need to figure out for our community what is best for for fishers. And that might mean just a reimagining of how we approach economic development in this new phase. Uh, I'm always interested when someone comes in to uh, run for a new four-year term. I think everyone, when they run for office, should have kind of like a plan of what they want to accomplish. So if you had to lay out like three accomplishments that you look at the four years and if I could get three things done, what would those three things be? State Road 37 and 141st Street interchange (laughs) finished. 
That's a number one, of course. And frankly, the mayor's made the promise that that will happen. And I think that'll happen in 2025, like actually be finished in 2025. Um, But that is um, something that I've been working for for years. And um, I'm, I'm hopeful that we are to the finish line of that project. Um, checks and balances, good government is a top priority for me. I am running again to help reset how our government works and how it serves citizens. And I want to be sure that it is clear that the city council does is not a body that works for the mayor or for developers. We are a body that works with the mayor and with developers. It is our body, the Fisher City Council, that's supposed to do accountability. And we are responsible for fiscal oversight. And um, those lines have been blurred for a very long time. Um, That's why I feel very, it is very important to have balance on city council. That means political balance, but that also means just different viewpoints and perspectives and being okay with conversations and debate. And I do feel like different ideas at the table produce the better outcome, but that's hard sometimes and it takes time. Um, And that's not how the city government has ever, ever worked. So that's another top priority for me. And then overall, this is big, but this is important. I want to, I'm running again to help Fishers be a city we can all be proud of. And we have taken some awful, awful hits in our city's reputation, um, even in the, over the last few months, in national news. So there, um, I am here to help um, as best I can not only unify our community, community and calm the waters, but part of that must include putting a stop to some of these um, problems that we're creating that is... Um, that our citizens are trying to deal with and just want their voice heard. So um, I have always, always from day one been the voice of citizens and listening to citizens and trying to advocate for their voice. This may tie into some of what you just talked about, but would you support a state law change allowing city appointments, either mayor or city council, to the Hamilton East Library Board? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think the um, the state law that is governing appointments to our library, and our library is unique because it's two municipalities. So I have studied the state code, and it's definitely messy. It seems like our two municipalities, uh, the city of Fishers and the city of Noblesville, should have authority to appoint to our public library board. I would advocate for that, but this is important. I would not advocate for a mayoral appointment. I strongly believe those appointments, and this is um, supported in state code as well, should be from the legislative branch of our city government to be city council appointee to the public library board. This November, of course, there's a school mm-hmm. referendum, and uh, referendums are always – they always generate very positive responses, but they always – there's always that – a negative response also. I thought it was very interesting that, that you had uh, 
both the school board and the city council make a statement of support for that a referendum. That's great. And so why do you think why are why do you think that the referendum is so important that it passed in November? Oh, I think this is the number one issue facing our city right now. And how this referendum goes is going to point to the path of where fishers will go in the future. It is crucial. Um, we all know that if the referendum, first of all, it's a renewal, right? right. So um, this is asking the community, as we are required to do every seven years, ask for their permission to continue their investment, taxpayers' investment in our public schools. Um, the tax rate has been proposed to be lowered a little bit, and that is important to note. Um, without the referendum passing, our school district loses $26 million. And I am certain that cuts into bone of our, our school district. And we cannot be a, have a strong school district and lose this referendum. It, it will impact classrooms, it will impact teachers, it will impact our students, and it will impact our community. Um, my dad was a school superintendent, my mom was an English teacher, my son's an English teacher. This is in my blood, supporting public schools is in my blood, but as a professional out in the state of Indiana, um, if our public schools start to unravel or not get the funding that we need to support our students and our teachers, um, our communities are going to erode too. So this is utmost importance. The idea, the wonderful idea that was had about putting the um, school board and the city council in a joint meeting with the mayor so that with full voice we can pledge our support um, was a great start. But now each of us as community leaders and citizens, we need to do our part to make sure our neighbors come out and vote and vote yes for this referendum renewal. I hate to go from schools to trash, but I'm going to trash. <laughs> Uh, David, this was surprising, wasn't it? But <laughs> David, Giff, David Giffel has recommended that the city pursue bidding for one trash collection company for the city. I think he said that uh, his trash bill had gone up 40%. So he was concerned. He's been hearing from citizens. I know you have, too, mm -hmm. on this issue. We're down to two companies, I believe, that are servicing the neighborhoods of of fishers on trash collection. Uh, many of the homeowners associations have contracts with one company or the other. So this was done in 2013 because David George on the town council had pushed this. Uh, there were bids taken, and, and the one that would have been the best bid would have saved a tremendous amount of money for people. But it was never done because there was a backlash from the community saying that they did not want government telling them how to do their trash collection, or they like the way their HOA handled it, or they liked the fact that they had their own contract. Of course, they, again, we had more competitors at that time. But my question to you is, you've heard the preliminary arguments. You haven't heard the full explanation from the mayor as to all the different steps that go into it. It is an involved situation to do this. Where do you come down on this at this time? Um, I loved that the mayor said that we he would make it a priority to look into it to investigate options. The 
um, dynamic that has shifted in the last 10 years when the last time this was taken up and considered is that today our citizens are dissatisfied with their trash collection. Um, 10 years ago, I don't think that was the um, situation we found ourselves. So um, in addition to dissatisfaction with the current service options, um, citizens, we have a bigger community, but citizens are looking for better service, more service. They're looking for more robust recycling options. And this is important. They're looking for yard waste options. Um, Ten years ago, I lived in, a, in a, on a cul-de-sac in Fishers, and in the autumn, I could pick up the leaves by hand, right? I had little baby trees, and um, it was very easy to do. Um, uh, the, our community is different. Our trees are mature. We have leaves. And so I'm I'm fully supportive of investigating it. I'm not quite clear all that goes into possible solutions, but I know this is a priority and our citizens are looking for at least some options. One more question. I, I was – I actually peeked over at the time. <laughs> I think that everyone has like a filter that they have to run things through. And, I, and in your position, I'm sure you get inundated with proposals, issues, ideas that, that want to explode. What filter do you run all of that through? What filter do you use to kind of like weed out of all the things that people mm. are asking me to support or do – What's the filter that you use to kind of separate this is what I'm going to Wow, that's a to? that's a great question. I think my first filter is very basic and that is is whatever's being presented is that it may, might be good for the person suggesting it, the citizen suggesting it. The filter is can this be a detriment to someone else and try to take again that 10,000 foot view. So that's filter number 1. The other filter I'll mention that I don't employ is just because I haven't had 100 people in my inbox suggest it doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad idea or shouldn't be pursued. Um, and in fact, those unique ideas or unique things. Um, and I, I really try to move with compassion in terms of your sidewalk in front of, oh, 5G, right? 5G installations was very important to some neighbors who felt disrupted and felt like their um, aesthetics of their cul-de-sac was going to be um, harmed. Um, I took that very seriously. We all remember like that was um, a complicated situation, but I had, my filter was, this is important to this one neighbor. Um, we've got to find some good solutions and serve them the best way we can. Well, our time's about up. Uh, this is your chance to take a minute or two and explain why people should uh, re-elect Jocelyn Vera as a city councilor at large. Well, thank you, Larry. Thank you, Mr. Fosshold. It's so good to be here. Um, just my last words are, again, my name is Jocelyn Vare. I'm, I'm the first Democrat elected in the city of Fishers. And that's relevant not for politics, but it's relevant because it is a indicator of how our community is becoming more diverse. It's an indicator of that there are different perspectives, different um, backgrounds here, different ideas here. Um, I want citizens to know that they can count on me to listen to those ideas, those different viewpoints, and move them forward. Every viewpoint is valid. And um, 
I'll just say it's been my absolute pleasure and privilege to serve, and I hope I can continue on for another four years. Jocelyn Vare has been with us uh, running for re-election as a city councilor at large here in Fishers. Thank you for joining us, uh, Jocelyn. And Mike Fossil, thank you for joining us as well. Thanks.